As a business professional, you want to eliminate friction in your business and life and be in control of your daily results to see progress in achieving your goals. Being productive is a continuous improvement process that everybody struggles with in one way or another. Welcome to the Productivity Mastery Method podcast. I'm your host, Chris Nixon, and I'm a productivity consultant. Every week, I'll share tips, insights, and interviews with guest experts that will help you think critically so you can take actionable steps to be more productive. Now that we've got this out of the way, let's dive into the episode. So I'd like to start to invite you to share your name and the field of work that you do. I sort of John Shukora. I'm an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Fantastic. <laughs> so John, how does uh, your goal planning system play a part in what you've described? It is pretty helpful. And I'm relatively new to goal planning. When I started my first business back in 2009, it's a cleaning and janitorial system. Uh, company services company. We have, I've never used business planning or goal planning, quite frankly. I was not used to plan my days or my most important things to do in my day. As I start discovering that it's important and as the more prepared you are, actually the more time and freedom you have. So, and, and then it helps you to keep pushing you towards the right direction every day slowly. So now, I'm discovering, I'm still mastering the skill of goal planning, but whatever the little time I am in it, which is probably like two years now, solid, Mm -hmm. and I'm improving, I can see that I was missing out. (laughs) Right, right. That's that's interesting. So you've gone a long time without it, and and now you've implemented this system that's working for you, and now you're really starting to see what could have been, huh? Yes. Absolutely. So so how did you come to realize that you needed a system then? So I stumbled upon Miracle Mornings for Millionaires, the Hal Elrod, the the, the whole Miracle Morning system mm-hmm. that he preaches. And, it, and I, I ran into it when I was at the lowest in my life, which I consider emotionally. That's when my now ex took our two adorable daughters to Uzbekistan. They're six and nine. Back then they were three and six to never return again. Mm. And that's when overnight my life shifted completely. I found myself, the house of cards, you know, the rug was pulled off. I was at the ground. My two shoulders were touching the ground and I had no intentions to get up. Um, I heard, literally stumbled upon to a podcast by Hal Elrod, where he was saying basically, everything that you've achieved by now is because who you are. If you want to keep what you have, you're more than welcome to stay who you are. But should you want to desire more, then you have to change. The starts changes. The change starts within. Mm-hmm. And the momentum, the timing, the messaging, and it was the whole thing was kind of like a setup from whichever the higher power you believe in. And if you don't, then it's the universe or energy or the source. Because I went to gym to swim and lightning struck and it was the YMCA gym and then they're very particular about rules whenever the from the first lightning until the second lightning they make you wait 30 minutes if no lightning then you go in the water Mm -hmm. so i went there lightning struck i couldn't get in and i already had my shoes i had my workout gym i'm like gear why won't i put the earplugs in and listen to a podcast and that's how i stumbled upon the miracle morning concept which I kind of advocate for it now because I know it works. At least it worked on my case. What would you say is one of the keys about the Miracle Morning concept? Starting your day. Mm-hmm. It's being proactive instead of being reactive. What my day used to be in the past, and I was actually proud of it. 
I even remember my nephew telling me, John, I know you, you're not a morning guy and you made the whole world your business to shift for what you want. Because I would wake up at 11, 10, 30 a.m., you know, and the very first thing I would do is reach out to my phone and then let the day go by itself, however way it would turn out. And then the, I would be putting out fires pretty much all day long. And and I managed pretty successfully there grow the company since 2009 until now, probably like four years since I got into it. The goal planning is maybe last two, but before uh, three to four years, I would say I start practicing other methods. And that's how I ran into it. But the concept is you start your day planned and high at the peak. And regardless, whatever thrown at you throughout the day, you are now not reacting. And even things happen, right? We know that stuff that we don't, life happens when we're busy planning it, correct? Mm -hmm. So we have this perfect day, start it, and then we start our life and something major throws at you. You're even if you're reacting to that particular situation, you already had a victory, a win throughout that day. So it helps you to build up your emotional stamina if you keep doing it over and over. In general, assuming life hadn't thrown something crazy at you, then you are proactive now. You're not being reactive. So that's mm -hmm. the concept of start your day right and then the day will follow. So tell me then, what, what does a typical... Uh, day look like for you when you when you start out yeah like nowadays is wake up usually 6 or 6 30 in the morning so that 10 or 10 30 guy is no more <laughs> mm -hmm. i keep pushing it actually to 5 30 perhaps i would be pretty happy when i get there for now it's 6 30 wake up no coffee first thing is a water hydration mm -hmm. right after seven minute workout which is on the application get the blood pumping and usually takes 10 minutes from there, I sit down and I do a Spanish. Usually that's the language that I'm learning. You can learn any language that you, that you're into. Mm -hmm. I'm using currently Duolingo and I do at least one class that's five to seven minutes. While at the sitting position, I meditate another five minutes. When the meditation is done, cause I ground myself, then I start journaling. I basically write down things I happy for, things I'm grateful for. And that's where I put in three things to do the most important things for this particular day. After that, um, so it about took me like 35, 40 minutes, 6.30 to I'm like 7.10 now. Then I open a book, usually non-technology related, a book that was written before we got so connected. And it gives me 20 to 25 minutes, sometimes only 10, depending upon my day of reading pleasure. When I'm done with this at 7.30, I take my phone, open a WhatsApp group that is called Accountability Partners. I check in with my accountability partner, who's my friend and business partner as well nowadays, just saying all done. Or if there's a case when something is not done, I'm like all done except R, which is mm -hmm. like abbreviation for reading, because usually that's the longest that takes both of us. 7.30, I wake up my daughters. They wake up. By 8 o'clock, my breakfast is ready for the girls and myself. We sit down in, in non-rush situation and setting. We sit and have a breakfast and we have jokes back and forth and we have enough time if we forgot to pack, pack something. 8.30, we all get in a car. Takes us 10 minutes max to get to the school. 8.45-ish, we are at the door, give or take. If we had 
a little bit more dilemma because I have two daughters, which shoe to wear and how to do their hair. 8.40 to 8.50, they at the door, and then I start my day. Wow. It sounds like you accomplished an entire day before your day started. Pretty much, yes. And then I'm happy. And I get to bond with my girls as well, yes. Yeah. So I'm thinking that all of those small activities are layered in such a way that one prepares your your mind and body for the next. Would that be accurate? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So would you like to elaborate a bit on the importance of that? Um, yes, absolutely. I guess the particular order that they're in? Yes, <laughs> we'll go for a particular order and that will probably make the most sense. Wake up, we are all dehydrated. We need to hydrate. Yeah. Don't go for a coffee or tea, whatever floats your boat. Do the water because our body is dry. It needs hydration. So that's the very first thing I do. I put in water. Coffee comes with the breakfast after hour and a half of being active. From it, I'm still sleepy-ish, right? Because it depends what I had, how long it took me to go to the bed before. Therefore, I go for jumping jacks, push-ups, sit-ups. That's the seven-minute workout app that I do. About takes 10 minutes with breaks in between. And you go through like 10 to 14 exercises, different ones. And that is to start pumping the blood into, into your, into your heart. So you get energized. When I'm energized, I either sit down to meditate, to ground myself, because now I'm awake, or I do the, in a sitting position, uh, Spanish learning a language, because now my mind is awake and my body is pumping. So I'm energized. I want some knowledge. I, I can put in stuff into myself now. So now your brain is your brain is just nourished and ready to start uh, taking inputs and learning them, building synapses. Absolutely. So I knock out usually either Spanish or meditation, one or the other, doesn't matter, followed mm-hmm. by the other. So brain consumes the language. Then I'm hyper. I just consumed a, a little bit of information for me for that day. Then I ground myself. A meditation helps. If you into praying, do that either or, or just sit silent. If, if nothing floats your boat, if neither one of you don't align yourself and that's okay, just sit in silence for five minutes. See, see, see what you're going to hear because your brain is nuts. It takes time to even just stay focused. That thing is crazy. Mm-hmm. So right after that, I get up. And then I start opening my journal and I go through the gratitude uh, and one affirmation at least and three major things to do. Because now I'm outlining my calendar and when I'm doing it, that's when I first touch technology. That's when I go to my calendar and I see what important events I have. If I have two, three, four, I prioritize the first three important ones. If I only have one important thing, then I start working on other projects that I've been working on the back of my head and I prioritize them accordingly. So my day is planned. And then I read basically to enhance and keep pumping the knowledge, the wisdom of those that were here before me. Mm -hmm. So that sounds like a lot of steps in a particular order. And it might be overwhelming even for, for new folks listening in. So did did you just uh, flip a switch and start doing all of that stuff, or what was your journey like to get to where you are now? Absolutely not, right? It's it's a habit stacking. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've if you heard uh, if you read the uh, the book Atomic Habits, it's basically habit stacking. I didn't know it was habit stacking <laughs> before I read the book, but I read the book after I started 
stacking the habits. First thing I, w- the, what I had started was, is water is natural, right? You wake up and you put a water into your body and you dehydrate yourself. Then I slowly start building a stamina and a habit of working out. And that was five minutes, seven minutes, three minutes, different things I would do. I, I even remember doing like hula hoop and keeping my two arms open. So the shoulders work, put a pressure or the push-ups just took me a while to find out what I wanted. So the very first habits that I've developed was drinking water and working out every morning, five days a week, not seven days a week. Weekends, I take a break personally. And then on top, once I've mastered that or I, or I thought I was pretty good at it, then I start adding a next habit and the next habit. And that's how I have kind of like a, a pretty decent looking sandwich now. And I'm not done. There are more habits that I'd like to incorporate, but not overnight. So how did you uh, choose these particular habits? Is this some inspiration that you got from Mr. Elrod, uh, different things that he was suggesting, or did you completely come up with them on your own? He's got savers. So he goes, basically savers is abbreviation. Uh, S stands for sitting still or meditation. A is affirmations, which I don't do. V is visualization which I don't do because I believe I visualize way too much anyways, which is pretty good for myself, the analyzing the person myself. But A and V, I don't do them. And then E is exercise. So the order he suggests is different because I think it just makes sense to call it savers. And then we've got R for reading and S for scribing, writing down or journaling. So he that's the structure he suggests. Mm-hmm. And I use the structure that works most for me. We're here to take each body, each individual situation is different. So, of course, Fox will suggest various techniques. Always pick and choose what works good for you. Yes. And that and that's one thing that I emphasize because some of these systems that the, the gurus, the experts come out with work really good for them and they work well for some people. But it's important for most people to realize that uh, they can be adjusted a little bit to your circumstances and the way that you operate and actually be much more effective that way, especially if it means the difference between actually adopting good habits or not. Definitely allow yourself to adjust and modify a little bit. You said that you listened to a podcast with uh, Hal Elrod, and that's what inspired you to really embrace this. Had, had you looked at other systems before that? Quite frankly, not. Not no. with the eye or the ears, I was ready mm. because the emotionally I was at the floor. Like my, my health was shaken. Mm-hmm. My emotions were shaken. My finances were shaken. So, and I believe into holistic approach where you have, where we each of us stand strongly on three leg table or stool, mm-hmm. which is emotions, health, and then the finance. So at that particular moment, I was shaken. I could start hearing this inside voice saying, dude, you know, what are you doing? You got to do something to fix this. And I, it so resonated with me where he said, who you are is because who you are. That's where you at. And then I went back into what I have. I had a business or I have a business. Back then, I still have a business, single family house with two car garage, wife who was about to pack the the girls and take them home, kids, a lot of friends who would applaud what I was doing. 
And they were just around there to support and more or less to be around my table as opposed to be the friends that I wanted or would want to have later on. So as uh, Marcus Aurelius talks in his meditations, all those kings and emperors who lived before us, they are what happened to them. They're all in the dirt. But not only those, but also the people who used to oppose them. They are in the dirt next to themselves and nobody remembers them anymore. So I'm like, wow, that's exactly what was happening. So as I said a little earlier when I brought it up, call it a God, universe, energy, matter, whatever you call it. It just happened to be the pool was closed. I was emotionally distressed. And alternatively, I put a podcast and Paul's podcast came up. So, and I've decided to listen to it instead of swapping to music or something more funnier. So sequence of events just lined up. Oh, so the, the, the mind was ready and in came the information. Pretty much. I wonder, just on a side note, I wonder how many people's lives were changed by one podcast like that. I bet you it's uh, more common than you might guess. Yes. And you guys are able to reach more and more people now. Yes. In the past, it was less common, but now more people are consuming it. So the information you're providing is is helping more people now. So you're making an impact, my friend. So, so if we look at, uh, you know, you've really talked about getting your mind and your body and your, and your health all ready to go for the day and, and starting your day out well. How do you actually manage, uh, your day? Or if we think from a technical perspective, like, do you, uh, put your to-do lists into a system or do you keep track of them on paper? I saw lots of sticky notes in your office. How do you manage that? Sticky notes are encouragement. Mm-hmm. Those are the, Mostly comments, words, quotes of those that I admire that struck. So I don't want to forget them and I want to be seeing them more. And throughout my office, as well as my house, you can see more of them wherever you work because they help. Uh, the very first quote is uh, fair grace where build your own dreams or someone else will hire you to build theirs was mm. the very first one I put it in front of my mirror where I would brush my teeth minimum twice a day and I'd see it. So it was a little bit of deviation. But as far as managing sticky notes, nope. I am a fully kind of digital guy when it comes to putting everything I've got. I follow a two-minute rule by Dave Allen, which goes by if a particular task takes two minutes or less, do it now. Because if you procrastinate, then it'll take you more time, more energy, and you might not be even ready to do it and you might get distracted and just won't get done. So two-minute rule increases my productivity like crazy. Mm -hmm. Even if somebody asked me to send the referral, I'm like, okay, hold on. You know, I'll connect you right now. Done. And then I keep on going. So I'd like to keep ball at somebody else's court, whoever it is, as opposed to mine. Uh, Calendar, we use Google Calendar intensively and it syncs with our CRM as well. Mm-hmm. As far as tasks, note keeping, I keep I like to stay in one family of product because for the synchronization reasons. So I use an Android phone. I have a Google Keep for notes. I just pull out and write down the notes. And then if I have a task or something and my staff knows as well, I will reach out to them over the weekend. I'll reach out to them in the evening. They don't have to respond to me if they're doing anything, but if I don't do it, I'll just forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, I'll shoot an email. If you happen to be in front of it, you're more than welcome to respond. If not, just enjoy 
your day and you'll catch back up when the week work week starts. The only thing that I don't use digital are, which I tried, that's the journaling. So digital didn't work for me and uh, I'm going back to pen and paper. Okay. So tell me about that. What, what is it about the digital that didn't work for the journaling? So miracle morning, he was suggesting five minute journal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then instead of, cause I knew I was digital, which I like to do everything digitally synchronized, right? Cloud based stuff where I don't even need a system. All I need is a browser and wifi to get into any file that I have, mm-hmm. including double inscriptions and password managers. So I do a little bit of homework when it comes to trying to not use the same username and password throughout. So what didn't work is I downloaded the app five minute miracle. I No, it was, I think five minute journal, five minute mm-hmm. morning journal, something and start taking the photos, start writing it down. It just didn't click. I couldn't get myself to be consistent with it. Hmm. I just give up, I get back to it, I give up, I get back to it. It wasn't in front of me because remember in the morning, I'm trying to start a day without technology. And now here I was inviting the technology each time I want to write it. Besides writing on one thumb or two thumbs is so inconvenient. And then I switch back to pen and paper. And when I start like writing, stealing it, and it's on my desk when I come and sit after the meditation to journal, then I see it. It just invites me. That's it's just for me. It works better. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it's more inviting, just just more uh, palatable and enjoying for you to to write it by hand. Whenever I've got a stressful situation, I think about it a lot for a solution. I obsessively think about it over and over and over. I sleep on it. I think about it. I sleep on it. And that usually helps me to find a solution. To journal, I go to structure my day, to ground myself, and to remind myself what are the things I'm most grateful for. So that's why I go for the journal. So I'm curious then, John, what is the most critical part of your system? Or is there not one? Is it the the, the total system that makes it the, the magic? I, I guess it, that's a very cool question. <laughs> Thanks to, thanks for asking it. It's, it has my, it'll, it'll have my brain to go. Different companies. For example, when we're talking about interworld cleaning, it's self-sufficient, self-sustained company. Mm-hmm. And that would be Christina and that would be Alyssa. So I guess to, to answer your question, now that I'm thinking about it, it's a personnel and people that are around me because then I was going to go to fix construction and now we have Alyssa and Jose. Then I was going to go to clean up and we have Akmal and Raul. So when we come about the book that I'm working on, then it's me because it's my passion. It's coming out. So you just made me to discover the the answer. Yes, it's the people that are around me and I'm blessed to have. Wow. So that you've uh, gone out and expanded your system beyond things to bringing people in to be successful and be part of your success. Yes. Yes. Um, when COVID happened, the whole world was scared. And I was in Uzbekistan, where I'm from, with my parents. They are now 73, mom, and 81 is papa. So what, three years ago, they were three years younger. And COVID happened. And the whole government, we only had one international airport. They did not know how to react to this. And they shut it down. (laughs) So Mm. my five-week travel plans got extended for indefinite 
over there because I had no control or any means to fly out from the country. So you can imagine me being there night and day, completely different. I can't even get here. There's no internet or slow internet and the phones don't work. The whole business, everything was left here in the hands of Christina and Alyssa and Jose and those who helped me. To my surprise in three and a half months, when I was able to manage to get back, we haven't lost much. You, maybe a couple of customers have signed out because their business changed the model and etc. But in a sense of assets, the companies, the people, even the subcontractors and employees, only one team walked away on us because they got so scared of COVID and walked away. But even our subs and employees, all the way down to janitors, were like showing up at work and I was outside, <laughs> not even able to sign checks, right? Outside of the country. I remember calling Christina over the phone and she's like, oh, I do. I'm like, Christina, go to the window. She goes close to the window and I'm like, roll up the shades. And she rolls up the shades. And I'm like, do you see zombies walking around? And she's like, <laughs> nope. I'm like, we've got this. You've got this. And she did. Wow. Putting things in perspective, huh? Yes. Yeah. So are you improving on or working on improving something or is there something that you uh, would really like to improve about your systems? Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. All the time. We are improving our systems, everything, all the time. There's no system that I have that I can say this is a bulletproof and won't need any changes for the next five years. Can you give us a quick peek under the hood, what it is that you're working on right now to improve? Yeah, absolutely. Sell some marketing all the time. Lead generation all the time. Emails, because people's behaviors change all the time. Operation manuals all the time, because we're improving them constantly. The changes change, the scope change, the requirements change, the expectations change, technology change. So you have to be catching up. Human behavior changes. So we are working on everything pretty much all the time. How about sharing some advice on sticking to a system once you really start, you know, choose it and start working it? Yes, absolutely. So once you find out what works best for you, again, whatever is working, keep on doubling, but do not stop experimenting at the same time because you might be able to find something, but don't lose focus on your main bread and butter that is working. Yeah, there's always an important balance there, isn't there? Because uh, if you start looking for that new shiny object too much, you lose track with, you know, what it is you're trying to really accomplish. And yes. the, the opposite of that is if you're not always, you know, looking around for improvements that you really stagnate, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. And building up, building back up momentum once you lose it is difficult because it's like, it's a big mechanism, right? It needs to, it needs a momentum. So try not to lose the momentum when you have it. Easier to said than done. <laughs> <laughs> So you talked about accountability earlier. Definitely accountability is a tool there. So uh, would you care to elaborate a little bit more about how accountability fits into the big picture for you? Huge, huge, yes. Before I had an accountability partner that I did always realize the importance of accountability. What I start finding myself is growing at a faster pace than those were around. Mm. And our ambitions and goals start disaligning. And what I had tried to do instead of looking for those that I would line up to or would be looking up to, I was trying to push this or pull this guys towards and, hey, would you be my accountability partner? 
would you do this? So I knew accountability is important. I just couldn't find the partner I would be happy with for whatever the reason they all had different ambitions, different plans and goals. And then I had to go up outside of my comfort zone, meet new people, start talking about ambitions and interests. When I found the accountability partner and we kind of like committed to five days a week, checking out, then I noticed that even those days when I'm lazy and I'm not feeling it, you still get up. <laughs> you have to, you know, check in that you, you you did this or that task. So accountability, in my opinion, is very, very important, especially, and you can, one can leverage this to anything. Let's say your goal is to work out more and be healthier and fit, right? You you can tell to someone, let's, it could even be your mom if she's pretty good at it. Usually moms are like strict, right? They're like, hey, you told me do it, so which is good. You're like, mom, every morning when or evening, whenever is good for you, I you will check out and make sure that they check in and make sure that you're good. So you could always do that with a reading, anything, even put it out on social media. You can always say, from now on, I was a drinker. And from now on, I am not a drinker, right? Just put it out there. And then it's going to be hard for you to go back on your word. So. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the goal, not to go back on it, because consciously we vision that is good for us, but our old habits pull us. I used to smoke. I don't smoke anymore. I used to drink quite often, not to an alcoholic level, but I would just party a lot mm-hmm. and I would hang out, wake up with a hangout and would miss out half of the day and my body would feel so weak. And now that you're realizing you only have that day, you only had that day. That's already like half of it was gone with hangover you're like more conscious now i'm like gonna do a bottle you know a glass of wine two glasses perhaps but that's why i'm stopping so yeah accountability is important yeah and i like to think of accountability in in two separate streams i suppose there's being accountable for those uh achieving those goals and those outcomes that you're working towards uh and doing the tasks that you need to do that and there's also accountability to developing and following the systems that you put in place you talked about that you know your morning routine and the the certain methods that you use to get your day going and do you apply accountability to that as well yeah absolutely because i've got the accountability partner right i have to check in with i already prioritize tasks that help me to become a better working out makes me better reading makes me better so i just generally define what i want to do I don't have to go into micromanagement and define what I'm going to read next month. Mm-hmm. It just, I feel what I want to read when I'm done with the book that I'm reading. I close it. I might take a day break or two days break, but then I go to my library and I'm like, which book do I want now? And then let this book to guide me. But what I've committed for is to read five days a right. week. And I do that with accountability. I enforce it with accountability. And in this case, we use WhatsApp group and it's called accountability and growth. Mm-hmm. And and uh, habits can be very uncomfortable to build. And I think accountability and accountability partners can be a tremendous resource for getting you through that icky part of developing that habit until it becomes the habit that's drawing you towards it. Yeah, totally. Um, if you think about it, now we brush our teeth as teeth two times a day, mm-hmm. but that didn't happen, right? So now it's a habit. We don't even think about it, but it took our parents' work continuously on us. It's like, 
brushing the teeth is good. And not from one time, first you start one time, then two times, then it's become habit. You don't think about it anymore. But you know that is benefiting you. It's like eating healthy every day. You're not going to lose all cholesterol or fat you have in your body overnight. But then with time, you know you're doing good things. And unfortunately, with any good habit, you are not going to see results overnight. It's just invisible. Mm -hmm. You keep on doing it with knowing that eventually when you look back in the mirror and look at those dated photos, then you will see the difference. Or when a person saw you a year and then year after, they'll see you how far you've moved, but you have to believe and continue moving forward because you're just not going to see the result, unfortunately. Yeah, you have to have that faith. Um, you know, once it, once the change gets uh, long enough that it's beyond human comprehension to see the changes, you really have to apply faith and just, you know, I think Covey would say, you know, you, you take a good guess or you make a bet that yeah. if I do this, this will happen. And then you do it for a while and then you see if it worked or not. How do you think your morning ritual has affected your communication interaction with others? Communication. It has affected a lot. And it's not the ritual, but the consequences of ritual. For example, as I said, I have reading ritual, mm -hmm. right? So because I had the reading ritual, I was able to pick up five love languages book mm. and read it. And that book, an experience of an author condensed, decades of experience condensed in this book had made me a better person. So not this, the habit itself, perhaps sometimes, right? Like working out it, or drinking water is a habit and I know it's affecting me directly, but there's some habits that affect you indirectly because you have this habit. Now you can do this. So communication is a skill and you pick it up. And there's so many authors, so many books you can read. As long as you have a reading habit, you can, wherever you need more lifting up to do, you can always pick up that book, stick it here, and then just improve that skill. As long as you have the habit. So habits have tremendously changed me. Mm -hmm. So important for everything. Yes. So, you know, when I was young, way a long time ago, uh, I used to try and keep everything in my head. Well, actually, I was pretty good at it. I could uh, remember my entire week schedule in my brain. And nice. uh, as far as goals, I was, you know, living for the moment and making stuff happen, but I didn't really see very far ahead as far as, you know, setting a concrete goal and achieving it. Just That's didn't really understand that. So what advice would you give to someone that, uh, you know, is thinking that maybe something better is out there and they're experiencing that? Uh, for looking for a system, what would you tell them? Start somewhere, mm -hmm. anywhere. If it doesn't work, you will figure out what works for you. It doesn't have to work. Not every system works for each individual. We're completely different. So, but keep on, be hungry, keep on researching and you'll find what works for you. I mean, you're going to go through a bunch of accountability partners, for example. You're going to go through a bunch of books, but as long as you're persistent, you have a goal. You can always reverse engineer from a goal. Let's say if your goal is to become a millionaire in the next 10 years, you can reverse engineer and figure out how much you should be making a year, how much you should be making a month, and then start making a little, little steps towards it. Mm -hmm. But, and it's okay to set a goal and not to hit it. And that's quite all right. Actually, I've got the uh, current book that I was using is Gratitude Journal by a uh, five minute a day. 
which I'm actually switching to a different one that I got, the best journal ever. So if you see, I have about eight major goals for written down for the next 30 days, for the first previous 30 days. And from which one, two, three, four, like five, I hit solid, three or maybe two, I missed. And that's okay. That'll just be my goals for the next 30 days. That's, that's quite all right. As long as you have a goal, they'll remind you that you have something to accomplish that day and it's in the back of your head. So when you think about it, you, you kind of reinforcing it, right? You go through your day or whatever the next 30 days and then you set a goal and then you write it down, you're reinforcing it again and the life happens when we're busy planning. So the life happens for the rest of the day, but because you kind of reinforce what you need to do, the chances of you bringing back to those goals and you're like, hey, I just want to put a check mark and put a check mark, which really helps me. So when I have those three dots, a kind of it's a reward, right? Like I am bribing my own bribe brain to to keep putting the check mark because I like it. And so I want to check off many more things, but I know each thing that I'm checking off will get me closer to my next goal. Right. So it's it's really about picking something small, starting improving it and building upon it. Yes. And how do you keep your goals intact? Yes. John, thank you so much. I'm wondering if you'd like to tell us about your business and the services you offer and how you'd like people to contact you to find out more. Yes. My first name and last name.com. <laughs> that's, okay. that, that's my website. And uh, over there, I list things that I'm into. And my current passion is uh, finalizing and publishing a book, which is called The Immigrant's Companion, Making Your American Dream a Reality. The goal is to empower the immigrants and shift them and make them a contributing members of the society. So think about it now. What I would like to accomplish in my lifetime, my goal and passion is to empower them so they can start giving back to this country. But to be able to give back to this country, they need to stay strong or us on our feet so we're able to afford. When when I'm hungry, I'm not donating. I'm only mm -hmm. donating when I'm employed and I have enough money, right? It's the same way. If if I'm looking for a job, I'm not giving a job to someone else. So empower them first, the immigrants, us, and then start giving back to this country because we have received so much from it. The second thing that I'm working is clean up, which is a cleaning marketplace that connects customers with cleaners in an Uber-like fashion by dispatching the closest available person, a cleaner who's available and would like to make money so it's kind of like gig economy because I've been in a cleaning industry since 2005. That's when I arrived to the America and I start cleaning toilets, scrubbing floors, and I did countless amount of square footage of the floors and toilets. And I know in 2009 when I started my company and I've been running it now pretty successfully and I know that the system is outdated. The spotlight is not on the cleaner because cleaners are like ninjas. We come in at night, we get out in the morning. You don't even see us. The only time you see us when the trash can is not empty and the order process placement process by customers are so outdated, which is you have to call different companies, schedule different walkthroughs, different agreements. And I know technology can help us to synchronize this. That will reduce the price for a customer, increase the customers that are now able to afford the cleaning services, increase the pay for the cleaner and create a gig economy. Now a student can make a little bit of money or a or cleaners are able to travel because now they can work a couple of hours and see a different country, different state, whatever they're into. So I think it'll become, I know it'll become a, 
a happy place for cleaners and customers to interact. So those are the things that I'm working on. Besides my bread and butter is janitorial services. If you're in Maryland and you need help to clean your facility and maintain it, then we're here. Fantastic. And I, I like the idea of the, the Uber of cleaners. Yes. That's pretty cool. Thank okay. You. Well, thanks so much, John, for sharing your, your wisdom and the insights into how you operate and your amazing successes. And uh, certainly wish you more successes in the future. I, it's obvious that you're just continuing to do great things. So uh, it's been an honor to speak with you. Likewise, Chris. Absolutely. Thanks for your service. Thanks for bringing us from, you know, finding us, mm-hmm. zooming into your lenses and, and serving the, the population. I hope if, if one or two people will benefit from this podcast, then you did. You get the credit, my friend. <laughs> you did a good job. Thank you. It's in my passion to help others. It sounds like it is for you too. Yes, it is. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you think the show is of value and a must listen for someone, feel free to share it with your productivity friends. And if you do, I'd be so grateful for your support. If you want to find the links, show notes, and resources, no matter what episode you're listening to, head over to chrisnixon.com slash podcast. That's C-H-R-I-S-N-I-X-O-N dot com slash podcast. If you want to connect with me on social, you can find me on Facebook at chrisnixon.com slash Facebook or LinkedIn at chrisnixon.com slash LinkedIn. Join the discussion for this episode on my LinkedIn company page, linkedin.com slash company slash chrisnixon. That's all for this episode. And remember, productivity is a continuous improvement process. Face Dust by Aerotone, copyright 2022, licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution License, courtesy of dig.ccmixter.org. This episode of the Productivity Mastery Method podcast is copyright to Chris Nixon 2022, all rights reserved.